It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, Matt Hausman here, smartmoneyquestions.com podcast. I'm excited today because on this side thought, it's not just going to be me thinking, I'm going to have someone here with me. And that is a good old buddy of mine, Rich Swavely from Multistate Tax down in Newark, Delaware. Many of you have heard me talk about the tax firm I was introduced to a little over 10 years ago, been working with them. And uh, he's really the one that's helped me see the importance of overall tax planning in, in addition to investment planning. So right now I'm just going to introduce him, Rich Swavely. Welcome. To today's podcast. How you doing, bud? Thanks for having me on, Matt. I appreciate it. I don't mind making the trip up to help out any way I can. And I'm guessing today's topic is going to be in regards to taxes. And so I'm sitting to your right. That's exactly right. It's going to be taxes. And just to let everyone know what I wanted to do with this side thought is I want to just have a casual conversation with Rich and get his opinion on the recent tax reform. Some things maybe we want to make sure we're paying attention to the good parts of the tax reform and maybe even the bad and the ugly parts. And we're, I want to do this for all the people that are in all stages. So whether you're working, whether you're retired, whether you're close to retirement, whether you're young, whether you're old, is there's so much that went into the recent tax reform. And what I'm hoping is because Rich has got a great way of being able to just kind of spell it out, even though it might be a complex subject in making it simple. So Rich, let's go ahead and start. Let's actually start on the subject of what potentially should we really be looking out for, maybe the bad or the ugly of the recent tax reform. What should really people be looking at right now? Well, there's a couple different things, Matt. First of all, where to find valuable information. I know when they were talking about some of the changes that were going to be made and when they were going to go through, I, like very many people, spent a lot of time on the internet to find out, you know, was education going to be a credit this year? What kind of scenario was there for people with small children? And five months after the passing, I, I, I still don't have it cracked on all the different changes that have taken place. That's the pitfall number one. Pitfall number two is you're asking for these different payroll services or pension departments or even social security to get it right. What happens now is that we're dealing with these different outfits now that get new tax tables and what has happened is for many people they may have owed some money this year or they may have gotten some money back in this past year when they filed their tax return. And I urge everybody to go ahead and see whether or not the new tax reform is going to do them good or is it going to be detrimental to their situation. It's really easy for someone to say I don't have a mortgage and now all of a sudden they're going to double the standard deduction for a joint filer or for a single filer and that sounds good and dandy. It sounds like it's going to help you. The difference being is, is that just about anybody that prepares a tax return has a tax planner associated with the software that they use and they're able to run numbers. So let me give you an example. Somebody might come into the office and I can do some numbers and say, hey, listen, the tax law changes are going to save you $2,500. And they say, are you telling me that it's going to be a $2,500 change 
when we get to the end of the tax return? And the answer is no. What I'm saying is that the tax law change will save you $2,500, but that doesn't mean you might not owe your proverbial you-know-what by the end of the year. And the reason for this is that because of the new tax tables that employers now have or pension departments or Social Security, they're taking a hell of a lot less out in federal tax now than they were before. And if that happens, then you got to figure out some numbers. So here's a scenario for you. If you had a husband making 90000 and a wife making 90000 and I told him it was going to save him $2,500 based on a couple different reasons. One, because maybe they had younger children, which they're going to get credit for for the first time in a long time. And number two, the rates have drawn for this particular couple, so they're going to save money. The problem that you're going to have is that when I ask her to look at a recent pay stub in January, and match it up with a recent pay stub maybe she had in April. She's going to notice that her pay has increased. Now, it's certainly possible that she got a raise at work. But I got to tell you, the raise is one thing, but the other thing she's got to think about is that the withholding is a heck of a lot less. And the only way for people to know is to be informed of what is going on. Most people now haven't seen a paycheck forever. They get the money directly deposited and they may not notice that every other week they get an extra $110 in their pay. But do some quick math for me. If she's in that scenario at $110 every other week times $26, you're looking at $2,800 there. He could be in the same boat. So that means a husband and wife both making $90,000, they might have over $5,000 less than federal withholding. So it's quite possible that the tax law changes have saved this couple $2,500, but come the end of the, the year when they, they get ready to file their tax return, they're gonna be upside down here, Matt. So what you're saying is, is that the payroll service wasn't really taking out enough. So because they weren't taking out enough where their income was, even though there's lower rates, they're still gonna owe that $2,500. So it's still a, it's a negative, even though they quote, paid less in tax than 2017? Well, it's going to be positive, Matt. You know it's going to be positive because they're net cash flow. But the problem is, is that when you sit down to do a tax return and explain to them that they're going to owe an additional 3000 or their refund's going to be $3,000 less, you're past the point of no return at that point. You're, you're basically telling people, hey, listen, you guys had access to an extra $110 every other week, and most people just don't realize it. Yeah, and so they, that's, I think that, you know, one of the things I always talk about, and we actually talk about, is the need to be talking to your tax professional in the fourth quarter of the year. And in this particular case, a couple that's working, both of them, is really to get those pay stubs out, which you're right, no one really looks at those anymore, and really see what's the withholding been? Do I need to be aware of this potential tax issue that's going to happen when I go to file my tax returns. Is that, I mean, that's pretty much what I hear you saying. That's correct. And, and, and people, I mean, this is on each individual person. They're going to have to be proactive and look at it themselves because I can tell you it'll happen a thousand times next year where people will come in and say, I didn't change anything. And you're right. You haven't changed anything. You haven't gone from single and one to single and two. You haven't gone from married in zero to married in two. What has happened is your employer has gone ahead and made those changes based on the tax law change. The problem that you're going to have amongst many, but the problem here is every individual situation is going to differ. 
So if you're making 90, you might be married to a husband or a wife who's making less. Or if you're making 90, you might be married to a husband or a wife making a hell of a lot more money. And so each individual case is gonna differ depending on, you know, do you have two young kids? Do you have a kid in college? And those are things that I can't fault the payroll services for that. I got you. Okay. So once again, it's just being proactive and at least having an understanding and not just having this unmet expectation that the new tax law is going to have dramatic savings and still not being prepared for it. That's correct. And I and I reference payroll services just because I deal with that every day. But we have also seen dramatic changes within what people collect on a monthly basis in a pension. We've seen it change with Social Security. For those of you who are out there that have money withheld from Social Security, there are some people out there, Matt, that have 25% withheld in federal tax. They probably didn't notice that it just went to 22%. They didn't ask for it to be changed. It was changed on their behalf. The people that had 15% in federal withholding, they're now down to 12%. So everybody's going to have less in withholding, but they can't possibly get this right because every circumstance is different. So again, with regards to that, it's, it's definitely something that you know, people want to be proactive about. Well, let's talk about, and guys, if you have any questions on this, reach out to me, info at smartmoneyquestions.com or, you know, Rich, let me go ahead and give his contact info out. Rich Swavely, multi-state tax, 302-453-0127. If you have any questions that you want him to answer with regards, especially to that payroll for those of you that are still working, feel free to reach out to him but but rich let's kind of let's kind of change gears a little bit with regards to the recent tax reform and that is let's talk about you know let's say somebody is looking at they have a lot of money in qualified retirement accounts maybe one of the spouses is working one's retired what do you see as the positives or the opportunities that they might want to be aware of with regards to those new tax laws well there's a couple things to think about and uh I don't want to come off like I'm Nostradamus here, but we are $21 trillion in the hole here, Matt. And uh, the rates, as far as taxation go, are not going to go down. They're not going to decrease. This is as low as they've ever been. If you look over the history of time, they have certainly been a whole heck of a lot higher than they are right now. So if you have the ability to go ahead and consult with your tax advisor, but I would certainly think about converting now some of those IRA type dollars and converting them into a Roth, it might save you some money. And this might be the only window of time that you have to do so. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the things that, that I've been talking about for quite a while as, as part of our strategy. So, and, and the nice thing is with the tax rates being lower, once you pay that tax now, if it moves to a Roth, then there isn't that taxable obligation later. Plus we don't have minimum distributions. What other positives do you see from the new tax law. Matt, it's hard for me to just ramble off positives without talking about the pitfalls. Uh, the first thing I think about is for the people who have their, the mortgages are, are done and gone away with, their families are raised. I mean, this certainly has got to be a benefit for them. They're going to double the standard deduction, which is going to help them a heck of a lot. The rates are going to decrease. It's certainly going to help them. Point blank, that helps. The second thing that I think about is the pitfall. What do you do for the people who are in sales, who rely on taking mileage as a, as a substantial deduction on their tax return each and every year. And even if I'm talking to 
an older listening group, everybody has family members who are both working. And if somebody is in sales right now and relies on something like mileage to bail them out when it comes tax time, they're in for a big shock if they're not dealing with someone who is on the up and up and knows that ahead of time. I would Right now, with the people that I'm dealing with that are in sales who rely on that deduction come tax time, I'm asking them to go in and get reimbursement through work. They have to come up with some other way to offset. So if you're asking me to segregate positives and, and the negatives, you know, people that have saved their whole life who have things paid for, well, they've been penalized enough. So that's going to help them a great deal. For some other people now who are making good money, if you don't have younger children to bail you out here, which is a, a big upgrade because they're going to now get the, the reward of a child tax credit, they might eat a little crow here. So it sounds to me like some of the pitfalls really have to do with the itemized deduction and the Schedule A. Yeah, because what's going to happen here is is the people that have business-related expenses. Now, keep in mind, for somebody who has made quite a bit of money in years past, they might have large expenses associated with work. The problem that you have for those people is that if their income has been too high, they don't get the benefit of it because they get hit with the alternative minimum tax. For those people that still work and make a relatively good living but not outstanding, they're able to take those deductions and they rely on those deductions year in and year out and they're not going to have that benefit. So for me, if I were to pick out a, for instance, a a pipe fitter who worked in six or seven different states and drove 25,000 miles to numerous different jobs, he can't write that off anymore. And that's going to be a hit to him. Wow. He can't write any of it off. Can't write any of it off. Wow. Let's look at myself. I I've kind of have mixed views about the recent tax reform. So, you know, Maggie and I are still working. I got three kids, but I really only have one in the house now. Mm-hmm. And how's it going to affect us? Because I know also the standard deduction went up for us and reductions, it sounds like, in what we're going to be able to itemize. But now I got a couple kids and we lost the personal exemption. Well, Matt, how old is Ashley? Ashley's 16 right now. And when does she turn 17? Early next year, 2019. Okay, so right off the bat, you know that she's going to help you for this year. You're still going to qualify for the child tax credit. The year in which she turns 17, which will be next January or, or, or 19, that's going to be a hit for you. I mean, right off the bat, she's not going to be in college. There's not going to be any credit associated with that just yet. And she no longer will qualify for the child tax credit. So as far as exemptions, they're done away with. There's nothing to do there. Wow. So the only thing we can really rely on is that standard deduction. And with with the reduction in, or what they call, what is it, the SALT? What exactly is that? The, The SALT exemption or maximization, whatever it is? Basically what that is, Matt, is this. Between the the city or local tax that you pay in and the state tax that you pay in and the real estate tax that you pay in, you're limited to 10,000. So I'm in the Thornton area right now. Let's say your real estate taxes are $5,000. I don't know exactly what they are. And if you made a hundred- I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's make them seven. Let's make them what they are. So let's say they're $7,000. And let's say uh, you made $100,000 and you're in the state of Pennsylvania. The state of Pennsylvania is a flat tax rate, so you know that you would have paid just a shade more than three thousand in state tax. The two of those combined is ten thousand. So, in my personal opinion, someone like yourself probably not in for a big hit when they limit the salt. 
you might tell me that, hey, I paid 14000 all in between state and local tax. Maybe it's even 18000 But the bottom line is they're going to limit that to ten. Then you're going to be able to take mortgage interest, call that another 10000 Now we're at twenty. okay? Now suppose you tell me that you and your wife are very active with the church and you give them, I don't know, $200 a month. You know, we add those figures up. You're still not going to exceed the standard deduction that the government's going to allot you. And you say, well, there's not really any big savings there. The savings for you next year would be that the rates, the different tax brackets have lowered those rates and that's where you're going to make some money. So we, we're, we're going to see a little benefit based on that. But the other things with regards, and maybe I think that's something a lot of people are always thinking that they do itemize and maybe because they haven't really looked at the Schedule A. In terms of your practice, you guys obviously do thousands of returns. How many people are actually itemizing and how many people do you expect will still be itemizing after the the recent passage of this? Boy, this is a real tough one to answer because it's going to be state specific. Keep in mind, in Pennsylvania, you know, whether or not you have big mortgage interest or high real estate taxes, it doesn't change a thing for the Pennsylvania. In the state of Maryland, when you're doing a tax return, whatever it is that you did on the federal tax return, you must abide by that same basically rule and apply it to Maryland. From my understanding right now, what I've seen is that Hogan's for the people. And so I think that Maryland will change their state tax laws now. In Delaware, it's directly opposite. In Delaware, what happens is there's many times for a client to come in who can't itemize for federal purposes, but does itemize for state purposes. And really, what what are we talking about? Well, the Delaware state tax is a heck of a lot higher than it is in PA. PA grabs you on the real estate side and Delaware grabs you on the state side. In PA, they don't care that you have 10,000 of mortgage interest. In Delaware, they do. So if you're asking me to figure out, you know, who will itemize and who won't, it's going to be state specific for certain. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, that's a lot for us to go into today. And uh, I want to thank you for coming up here, Rich, and sitting in on this glorious studio that we have here. (laughs) (laughs) No, my pleasure. And hopefully you guys have, uh, have got something out of this. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to come to smartmoneyquestions.com. You can either ask it there. You can email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. And we'd love to have any tax questions that you have. We can always have Rich come back. You know, I always bug him to come up and talk to our clients. This is one of the things he's doing for that. And he always bugs me to come down and talk to his. So thanks again, Rich, for coming. No, I really appreciate it. I mean, you've been nothing but a, a terrific help to my clientele over the last 10 years. And I'll do anything you ask. Well, thanks, buddy. So for that, we're signing off. Everyone have a good one.